Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Roger Clapp, founder of Whipflip, who understand how draining and exhausting selling your car can be, especially having to search for dealers and for buyers. So they put an end to the inconvenience, time wasting, and the risk that you face when selling one of the most expensive and difficult assets that you own. Fantastic. Hey, Roger, welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Mark, pleasure to meet you. Thank you so, so much. Hey, can you expand a bit more on you know where you are with your business today and yeah. the kind of people you love working with? Absolutely. You know, Mark, it, it's been almost a three-year journey for us. Uh, we started really, really small in the state of Delaware. Yes, that's the state's the first state, so I have tremendous pride in uh, where we come from. But uh, we've expanded into you know almost 10 states right now with Whipflip, we've got great partnerships with key industry leaders. We've got a growing, amazing team on the inside and on the outside. And again, we're living that 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 uh, really aggressive growth, you know, startup story, mm-hmm. right? That, that everyone, you know, we all hope to achieve. So things have been going good for us, even in in a very horrific market. I would say I put the word horrific. It's definitely the automotive industry is, um, you know, ha- had a tough time over the last year with rising inflation and, and interest rates, but. I tell you what, for what we do with customers, you know, we're always having a consistent stream of business. There's always people looking to sell their car. And honestly, the, it remains the same in a bad market and a great market. They just want a better way. They prefer these digital at driveway transactions. They want to kick mm. the scammers and the tire kickers out. And we completely solve that with our technology and our service at the driveway. So things are uh, things are pretty good, you know, so... Nice. So you found a new way to innovate something that we've been doing for absolutely years and brought into the into the, the new way that everyone likes to deal with with people and businesses and make transactions. So and you've obviously seen in the last three years, there's been a lot of change, a lot of transition happening. So you've kind of been riding this wave. Um, what's it been like for you as you've been innovating and driving this new business forward? Yeah. So what are we doing to drive the business forward? Yeah. How's that been? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Like I said, we, we've continued to put more enhancements in product. We've got a lot of feedback from our customers on how we can make the user experience even easier than it is. Uh, a lot of feedback from our industry partners, obviously, where, where a lot of our cars resell and how we can kind of make that connectivity from once mm. we acquire to how we resell and obviously our own internal efficiencies. So a lot of it's in product, in process. We've expanded into additional markets as we've gone that that kind of fit best for what we're doing. And so we look at all of it. That's really what it's all about is looking all of it, always trying to understand 
you know, is there any flaws? Is there anything that we can be doing better? And I still know that in 10 years down the road, we'll still be looking at, okay, we still have things to do, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, with every innovation, there's always going to bring a new challenge or a new uh, a problem to solve or, hey, this is fucking amazing. We now need to do something else to complement that. So it's it's never uh, going to end. What was it that prompted you to say, yeah, this is this next business of mine. This is the one I want to be doing. What what triggered that? So I come from the automotive technology space for probably the last decade or so. Um, and sorry about that. I come from the automotive technology space in the last decade or so. So I've been a part of automotive technology startups from consumer acquisition and commercial distribution, right? Dealer to dealer, uh, marketplace. And, and uh, there's a way that I looked at combining the two because there's a gap, there's a disconnect between consumer to dealer, even though we're not a marketplace per se as a whole. Um, we do have that connectivity to where dealers are always looking for great vehicles, right? And that local dealer doesn't have a reach as far as Ohio, if we're in Delaware or they're in Delaware to source that inventory. And consumers, like I said, try to find that perfect match on who can buy their car for the best money. But, you know, we, we provide that service. We are the buyer of that car and we're the redistributor of that vehicle back into the industry. So I kind of looked at saying, like, there's a big gap here. No one's solving it. It's kind of like the, the big car buyers of the world sometimes are the pariahs. To the dealers or looked at as pure competition and said, what if we can kind of be friends, frenemies, right? I call it where, yeah, there's going to be cars that absolutely you would, we're going to compete head to head on, but there's mm -hmm. going to be 90%, probably 95% of the cars out there right now, you'll never see come through your showroom. And at least mm -hmm. we're giving them back. We're not a retail model. We don't put it back into the consumer's hands. So everyone has a chance at stuff that they would normally never see before. And that's how we position ourselves to our commercial partners. And it's worked very well. So again, I created with the premise of building this proprietary ecosystem where people mm. can sell a car. Dealers can sell cars to us. They certainly do every single day and we can redistribute and everyone wins. And so I was like, all right, what's that look like? Well, we're an AI company, true AI technology that automates the inspection, automates the offer, gives the consumer, really puts the consumer in the driver's seat, I would say, to sell their vehicle. They finally have control of an uncontrollable process, right? Huh. So those are the things that I thought about and we put it, brought it to life, I would say, with our great dev team and, uh, you know, our, our service. So that's it. You know, I, I would say this just from a personal standpoint, I've been a part of these automotive technology companies for, like I said, going on over a decade with great founders and owners. And I, man, I think it's time to do it myself. Right. I built these companies from the ground up. I've got them to great heights. And it's like, I mm. think I can do this on my own. I know how to lead people. We I know strategy. I know technology. We know how to put all the pieces together. And uh, I took the leap of faith, obviously, going into 2020. That is fantastic. To to build things for other people is glorious. And there's a lot of pride in that. But to say, you know, fuck this. I, I'm going to do this for myself now. It's time to build my legacy. It's time to yeah. do the things slightly, slightly differently. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So 100%. I love that you had the the confidence, the the, the ego, the, the drive to be able to do that. Um, was that an easy decision or was there a bit of, I know I need to do, but uh-oh. It's incredibly difficult because he, here's the reality of all this, right? Is that no, no one gave a shit about what I was going to do or what I was going to build and they didn't want to fund it. I'll be straight up, right? No one, because no one knew the space or uh, you're a first time founder, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like I'm a 10 year senior leader. I didn't, I didn't just graduate college, okay? Mm. 
and come out with my business degree and say, I'm going to go create a company. I'd never know what competition ever felt like. I never know what strategy actually really is when you're actually doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Me, I've got, you know, the wear and tear <laughs> on my brain. And you see a few more gray hairs here because I've lived it. And I've lived it with yeah. side by side with great teams and great founders, great process that I've built, great teams that I've built. So the confidence to lead this was yeah. completely unwavering, right? And so, but what it really what it came down to is saying, well, if I'm gonna have to do this, I'm gonna have to do this on my own. So I put damn near everything I had into building Whitflip, everything, took the risk. And mm. basically it's kind of like, there's no rear view mirror. Once you say yes, and that's just maybe how I work, you don't go back. To mm. me, if I'm parting with a lot of my own capital, like I said, I'm not a wealthy person. One day, I hopefully I will be upon you know success of this company. And I think that's what we're all trying to work toward in some aspect. But look, you know, I had to put it all in. You had to go all in. What are you going to say mm. no? What are you going to give up? What are you going to back out? You're now once you're in, you're in. And I know that, and I still feel the exact same way today after multiple great capital raises where I'm still in, right? And you have to. So that commitment, that 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 decision, I would say, is you may hit a good point where that initial decision, that pivotal decision to say I'm doing this or I'm not is the most important decision that you make probably in the, from the entire company's lifespan onward, right? It's that yeah. yes or no. There's no maybe. It's like, oh, I'll try it. You know, it's yes or no. Once it's yes, you go for it. And it's an incredible, incredible risk. I didn't take a salary, I believe, for over, uh, I don't think I took a salary in over like a year, year and a half after our company was operating. We had, Remember, we had almost six months of beta. So like even on operations, I didn't take a salary. You know, so it was tight. It was hard, man. But that's what you got to do, you know, so. Two amazing points just raised there. First of all, the, the whole sort of yeah, the Viking mentality, burn the ships. There ain't no plan B. If you've got a plan B, you might as well give up on plan A. I mean, yep. you have to be mindful and understanding. But to be like, I'm completely in this. There is no room for error. There's no way it cannot succeed because this is what we're going for. And the decisions, the actions, the behaviors that come from that, that changes everything. So to hear you so eloquently and powerfully say, yep, fuck it. It was, I was all in. I was all in and we're, get rid of the rear view mirror. Love that. But that transition going from high flying experience, has the knowledge to, hey, you're a newbie over here. That must've been such a, a repositioning, a, a, such a huge mindset shift to get your head around. And maybe um, was that was that tough at all? Did that take long to 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 reframe yourself, going from the experts to I am being seen as the as the newbie here, even with the experience that can be kind of tough. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, we're in a hyper competitive industry, and there's a lot of tough competitors, you know, that are much well more funded or they're public, right? They've got all the resources in the world. Mm. But I've always looked at this as saying, doesn't mean that they're the smartest. Doesn't mean that, you know, we can't get it done. And you heard that yeah. from naysayers too. And you just tell them to go fuck themselves. Like for real, you know, it's like, look, no one, no one was born a fortune 500 company, a fortune 500 founder, a unicorn, just because they're there now, right? Doesn't mean that they're necessarily a ton smarter than you. They can crush you or whatever it is, right? You have mm. to try. And sometimes you become the juggernaut, right? Especially in the, the juggernaut, but you can be nimble and flexible because you're coming right. as like a disruptor into the industry. You found a hole, you found a niche, you found an area where it's like, okay, there is something in here. 
So the other big boys, they haven't seen this or they can't change it. So you can come in and work out exactly the right thing to do. I think that played into your into your hands, right? Yeah, 100%, especially in this industry. So let, let's go through a couple of examples. Well, let's go way back to a, something that's completely opposite from us in the industry, okay? So think about Blockbuster. Think about what I just said right there. Think about Blockbuster video. Same old way, long time, people running videotapes. It was the place to go to to rent a, rent, rent a DVD, VHS tape. I know I'm probably dating myself, but I liked going to Blockbuster back in the day, right? That's oh, back you... in the day, Friday night, go down there, get some yeah. popcorn, Good old time, right? Kind rewind, right? All that good stuff. (laughs) And then there's a little company, a little nimble company called Netflix that comes along, right? And Netflix kind of comes along and says, we're going to bring it to you. We're going to, you know, bring the movies to your home. Now they're streaming, right? And Blockbuster's completely gone, except for one store, but they're done. And Netflix was, I kind of look at it like, just like me, right? Just like us. Where, and you can think about many other companies that started really, 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 really small. Think about mm-hmm. the iPod, the invention of the iPod, then the iPhone versus big telecom companies and, and Sony, right? With the CD players, the Walkman. There's so many examples of these little companies that came from, you know, garages that were no brand, no resources, no nothing that are now the juggernauts mm-hmm. because you know, again, the notion was you'll never get there because they're so big. You'll never get there because you're not smarter. And they've got a much smarter team. It doesn't mean anything. It's all about how you execute. It's really what it's all about. And nimbleness, agility, all that stuff. It's how you, it's how you execute. And do you have something people care about? And can you drive that great experience? You'll get big on your own if you can accomplish that, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I that just to kind of go back to the answer of this question was that, yeah, I heard it all the time. Right. And the good news is, is that I didn't care. I didn't give a shit. Look, you know what? I'm probably going into a hornet's nest here and I'm going to get stung up 10 different ways. But I tell you what, I'm going to get through it. And when that happens, you know, we could surprise ourselves. And now we're the ones everyone's looking up to. Right. So just keep moving. Don't worry about it. You have to try and you can't be intimidated from a naysayer or or how big someone else is. Go be better. Go find a way to kind of reverse around, you know, go around them. And again, if whip flip, one day becomes the juggernaut, which that's what we're working toward, right? We better be on our shit too, because guess what? There's another guy like me from other people telling me you're never going to be like whip flip, right? Mm. And he's going to try to find a way around us. So we have to yeah, stay- Yeah, but with this, with, with technology, with the way things move, there's always going to be a way of, there's examples you just mentioned there. It's how can you make things quicker? Yep. How can you make things easier? The outcome is exactly the same. So you can't compete on the end results. You're competing on- What's the value? How hard is it for me? How much easy is it for me to walk to a shop and get a video have to return versus pressing a button? Yep. Okay, I'm in. So much easier, right? So this is always going to happen. Five, 10, 20 years, your industry, there'll be something else. Always an an evolution. Yeah. Always an evolution. So let's... I want to talk about your perspective behind this because it's all going to be talking about the business and I think it's been so useful already so much value that you're dropping and with with what you've been through but you, you personally as the business owner uh, we were joking off air that you know it's the it's that balance of like so much confidence and trust in what you're doing and then also those fits of doubt and unknown and spiraling it's oh my gosh how can someone be so confident and then so doubtful and sort of jump between that and i resonate with that so much i'm that same person and it's frustrating and it's strange 
but to hold both spaces is is tough. So for you personally, what's it like to, you know, three years in, you you need to you need to survive and thrive. You're building an empire here. You're building something amazing and also taking care of other people's lives and families. And there's so much pressure. So what's it been like for you as you get to this point? In terms of my journey, right? It's been, uh, like I said, it's the highest of highs and sometimes trying to prevent the lowest of lows. And it's always this kind of, like I said, the seesaw effect. Um, There's nothing, there's been nothing more fulfilling no matter how tough it gets, right, in any aspect of our business or outside of our business, no matter how tough it gets, there's not, never been anything more fulfilling than what I'm doing now. There's nothing else more on the planet I would love to do than what I'm doing now at Whip Flip. And that's all great, but it does come with a lot of sacrifice. It does come with a lot of fighting that work-life balance, yeah. which definitely skews heavy, heavy, heavy toward work. And that's yeah. the deal that I made with the devil, but hopefully that's a short-term deal to get us where we want to go. Right. Mm. So there's an immense amount of sacrifice that I make. Um, there's an immense amount of sacrifice that my family makes. There's no question about it. And look, I got to give a lot of credit to the team, too. I mean, look, I'm not the only one on this journey. Uh, we're all, you know, like I said, this lean startup that is literally wearing 10 different hats a person. Right. Um, mm. And we make it work. And not only make it work, we grow and we thrive in a terrible market. So, look, I have to look not just at myself, but yeah, I think there's a lot of people living in the same shoes <clears throat> than I am. I just have to go home with all of it. <laughs> At the yes, end of the- yeah. you nailed it. You have to go home with all of it. I mean, your employees, uh, your staff, your team, oh my gosh, they can be so committed. They can believe in the vision and the mission mm-hmm. as much as you do. Yeah. They're never quite going to be as invested as you. And you get to take home. Yeah. And, and, that, and they, they shouldn't be. And I'm not saying that as a slight to our employees. Absolutely. Right? I should be 10 times. I look at myself like this. Number one, we have people that work unbelievably hard here. We have a phenomenal team, but I have to work 10 times as hard as them. I have to be a thousand times more invested than any of those folks ever will, because that's what they would expect from me as the founder and CEO, the leader of this company, especially in its early stage. They're Mm -hmm. trusting me to where if they're working harder than I am, I, I can't live with that. That's just how I'm built. Maybe I should ease up on myself a little bit, but that's just not how I roll. I Mm. think I have a responsibility to them and their families, this company, our investors, our advisors, right? To just, I have to keep burning the candle. I just do. And that's just my own. There's a lot of aspects to that because yeah, you have to be responsible to the investors. You're responsible to an awful lot of different people. And everyone has a different outlook. Everyone has a different point. So you as the kind of the inspirational leader that you are, you're like, fuck this. I need to be seen to be, you can't work harder than me. I need to be able to do this. However, there's also that point of view of, I need to be shown to be taking care of myself, leading by example, not just the hustle, but also the care, also the balance. We're building a life together. So burning the candle is only sustainable for a certain amount of time. So it's again, it's, it's tough to sort of, balance all this and be the inspiration on, on all these levels. So how do you, how do you find that balance? It's tough. I don't know if I do. I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, I, I try, it's a, yeah. it's a very hard thing. Sometimes on a, on a Saturday, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to probably be a complete psychopath here on how I spend my time during my normal day. Okay. And yeah. it's probably not going to answer your question, but I look at, I have two shifts, three shifts. Sorry. Um, 
first shift obviously is in the morning to five o'clock, six o'clock, whatever it is with our team here at Webflip, you know, when all the action's happening. Then I go home and I have my kid, wife, et cetera. And there's always a couple of hours <clears throat> that I take. You know, I try to take that two to three hours from six, seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock to hang out with them, right? And I, and I do a pretty good job of that uh, most of the time. So um, from there though, that's when my third shift starts. And I like my third shift, I enjoy it. It's Everything's quiet, phones are not ringing, everyone's at home, the competition's sleeping, and I'm up till, on average, two in the morning. And I've been that way since, really, we began WebFlip, where, you know, from that nine o'clock to two o'clock hour, um, it's time where I can kind of take take that, you know, mental break and start thinking about strategy for WebFlip and other things that we want to do going into the next day or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, it's, like I said, when you're working 19-hour days, right? It's kind of how that's that that's how it's split up, but you need that time and it's hard. Eventually, we'll get to a point where as we continue to grow, right, you'll have more resources. Your bandwidth will get a lot better. So you can take now that third shift and put it into the first and extend the second, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because, yes, it, it is that balance. It's that juggling act. It's that, yeah, where do I compromise? Because that second shift, you're arguing that's the most important shift there. And that's why you're doing this. Yep. So that most important shift is getting the least amount of time right now. But you know the reason why you're doing it. So again, we can justify and work out what we're doing. Um, but it's tough for ourselves personally to do that and to see that. So how do you, with the hours you're putting in, with the structure you've got in place, what do you do to, to keep yourself sane? Because it's the pressure, the stress is... It can be immense. What 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 are the go to for you that actually help you? Unwavering confidence, unwavering conviction. That's how I keep my sanity. I I already know what the finish line looks like. I can see it. I see it every day. I see it every night. Like I said, just to give you a deep look. But when I go to bed at night, I think of nothing but ringing the stock exchange bell at a five billion dollar exit. Sounds crazy. People, there's still gonna be naysayers. Remember, there's always naysayers, right? But eh, I've kind of delivered. Well, as you already said, fuck them, right? So far, yeah, fuck them. I've ever, but I've done every single thing that I've set out to do. We've kept promises on every single stage of our company. I know exactly how these things are valued. We know exactly where we can go. We know how big we can get, right? And, and we're doing it. So mm. I think about that. That's my own sanity because I care so much about what we're doing. My life is what we're doing now. So it's funny. I, I do find joy in san insanity just to think about what what the finish line looks like, right? And what, what are some things that we're doing to get there? I know it all comes back to work. If you're, if anyone's listening to this, you're probably, might not be the right guy to give the right advice here. I'm just giving you a day of my life. Okay. On like, I think about whip flip 24 seven, you know, like all the time. And so, and I find solace in it and I find complete stress in it and it's all yeah. those things combined. But yeah, like I said, sanity is really just it's how I think about certain things with the company that make, make me happy, know that we're going to be where we got to be. And mm -hmm. so other things, yeah, you got to tune out for a mental second. You just, I don't know, I just sit back and scroll on YouTube or something. Like I just try to take my mind off of something uh, for a hot second. If things get a little too hot, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I check right back in. I don't know. It's just uh, one person always gave me a really good uh, uh, piece of advice, um, a mentor of mine to say, just keep getting up right? It's like you're a boxer. You're getting punched in the face, getting punched in the gut. You keep getting knocked to the canvas. Take your 10 seconds, but get up, 
You know, nine right. seconds, go 10, you're out, right? But take your nine seconds and get back up. So that nine seconds is kind of like, well, it's not nine seconds. It's my tune out time if I need mm. to, but I'm getting right back up and into the fight. So yeah, you're, you're finding the ways to, to cope with the situations, the pressure, the, the, the relentlessness of this, I guess the fear and also the excitement, these things all always sort of come together. Um, yep. Just take, take me to the, the finish line then. take me to the, what's the vision. So away from the business, you know, what you're building, you're looking for that exit. You're looking for that. What is that going to allow you to do? What What does that actually look like for you? Personally or professionally? Personally. Personally? You know, upon exit, obviously, um, there there's probably really good earnout, right? For not just me, but a lot of my families. Or my call, my people, you know, the, the people that we have, our family here, what's what family yeah. It's going to be life-changing for all of them, right? For those that continue to see through the journey. Um, for me, it, it allows me, I don't know, though. It's going to be hard for me to let off the gas, just how I'm built. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, if I come to the swan song of my career, right, or just the ultimate climax of my career, you know, I I, I, I can enjoy a lot more, right? Mm. Especially a lot more of my family. My kid will be probably a few, obviously a few years down the road in growth. And I think that's the time where you really want to be super involved with them. And it gives me the flexibility to do that. And we have a great big company that's nice and stable with a lot of great C-level leaders and junior leaders and all the stuff that you need to kind of just probably let me relax a little bit. And that's if I can do that. So if I choose to do it, and again, that's the hardest thing. And uh, like I said, I'll put, I'll give you this. You know, I, I made a very crazy commitment. Like I said, I might not be the right person to, 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 to give the advice, but I said, look, guys, I, I got I got one startup left in me and this is it, right? I've been through this three startups over three years. They've been great, mm -hmm. but this is it. We're going all out. I'm going out on my shield. Simple mm -hmm. as that, right? So that's that's kind of the motivation that I have and the mentality that I have right now. You hope just to get it there where like, good, like I'm not going to die of a heart attack here at 50 years old. It's you know, <laughs> you know what, what you don't want to do. So, um, yeah. but it's full steam ahead. And, and I think the future gives me some relief and satisfaction. I think just personally, the, the, the mental space is, man, you did it. You know, mm -hmm. you can do it, but you did, but you did it. You did yeah. it. You, you've had a phenomenal career. You're hanging yeah. the cleats up at some point, way, way down the line. Right. And but what you're saying is you've, you've had, you've built the businesses. This is, this is the pinnacle. This is the one. This is it. Until the next one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I said that three stars ago, but you know, <laughs> when you're founder and CEO and you're going on this journey, I don't know if there's anything else other than what I'm doing right now that I'm passionate about, as in from another business. So I, I can't say that. Let's just say, for example, I retire from Whipflip way far down the line. Maybe sit on the board, right? And continue to be a part of the company, but turn it over to the next up and comer, right? The mm. C-suite executive that can really take this thing to the next chapter of it, right? Um, that's going to, that's just fine with me. I, I think creating something in the future, I, I don't know if that's in the cards, right? I think I'm there. This is the final, this is the final show, you know, countdown, right? Um, but- And I think, listen to you, if I can jump in, listening yeah. to where you're talking about it, it sounds like you need that belief, whether it's true or not, you don't know what's going to happen. Things change, things mm. morph, whatever. But right now, as part of your, again, back to the Viking mentality, burn the fucking ships. There is no plan B. Yeah. This is the last one. You've got to hold on to that because that sounds like that's part of your 
part mm-hmm. of your drive. It's part of your your fuel to put it all into this one. Yeah, and I would say this, you know, and, and we, you know, when we get there, I think if I was to do something else, right? I don't think it would be another startup. I, I love automotive to death, but I don't think I would go back and try to reinvent another wheel in automotive. Um, I uh, it would be to one thing I would really enjoy. Um, maybe being an investor, but I think more so an advisor, right? Um, hopefully I'm gonna have all the money in the world for 10 lifetimes one day, right? So I don't need to, you know, maybe not to invest in, you know, high growth stars. Maybe I should, but and maybe, maybe I should and make it easier for folks that just have a great idea that say, you know what, I'll be the riskiest investor that you have. <laughs> maybe that will make <laughs> you will be that loose cannon and be like, yeah, oh, like, I believe you, know, in you guys. I'm not gonna have all the minutia and the analysts and all this other stuff sometimes that really awesome. good investors do but so, so i want to mentor as an that, advisor you know i want to you want it to be right hmm? so you can be that 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 person that you you needed you wanted that would have Maybe, fucking helped that you might not be the right thing there's probably a reason why big venture capital firms and investment banks and stuff have their process and i respect it 100 um Maybe, you know, they probably laugh at me saying, well, what are you doing? Don't do that. You're going to lose all your money. You're not a great investor at all. Now, I, I think there's certain causes where you find folks that I think have a really good, you know, be like that early, early angel. Okay, I'll, let, let's see what you got, because I was that guy. And I would be a little bit more lax on the the requirements for capital. As long as you got a legit guy, you got a or gal, a legit business, right? There's a great idea that could be probably really big one day. And they, like me, they compel me to say, you know what? I'll invest. But I think the one thing I would really enjoy, you know, once I'm done my journey is mm. to really be an advisor to young entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Even some that don't even have a business yet, but they're trying to take it from concept and try to help them say yes in their mind, get them over the hump, right? Instead yeah. of saying no and guiding them to say, okay, if you say yes, I'm going to help you now get to that traction level. That's mm. something I think I would really enjoy in my, you know, uh, you call it my twilight years. Um, so beautiful, dude. I love that. That sounds amazing. Hey, look, Roger, thank you so much for sharing not only what you do and, and your journey, but behind the scenes, what you're going through as the, as the CEO, as the person driving all of this with all the pressure and all the stress. Um, thank you. It's been so insightful, so helpful. Yeah, all good. All good. Well, Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And to anyone out there listening, Look, again, I come with a disclaimer. I don't know if you want to take my advice, but I'm just kind of giving you what it's like sometimes. So if you you know, want to be that new entrepreneur looking to start a business, hey, let's go. Eh, be careful what you wish for. But it also might be what you wish for, right? So there's, there, there's more lows than highs. There's more volatility than, than stability. You know, yeah. you got to love it. Every, the good and you got to love the bad. So Absolutely. And these are the lessons that you know, if we knew all this stuff, we probably wouldn't go into it. But once we're in here and find it, it's like, okay, well, I, I guess we're here now. So, um, hey, Roger, awesome. Look, if you want to find out more about you and the amazing company you've built, where can they find you? Absolutely. Whipflip.com, LinkedIn, you know, I'm all over there. Like I said, I love talking about it. Um, so like I said, if you need interested in selling your car, obviously whipflip.com. But, uh, you know, if you want to kind of continue the chat, um, I always love giving advice and, and other types of things. If you so feel it's valuable. Awesome. Well, everyone go check that out. I'm Roger. Thanks again. This has been so much fun. You got it, Mark. 
Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.